Welcome once again to Gardening Talkback on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, how are you? Very well. I thought you were going to get me to say my own name then. Well, I could have. Yeah. Joined by... Let's do it again. We'll join, do it again. Greg jo- Richard here, joined by... Scott Sharp. Beautiful. Smooth. <laughs> How have you been, Scott? Good Easter? Fantastic Easter. I went to the beach on Saturday, and I reckon it was the best day I've had at the beach all summer. All summer. And we're in autumn, so how's, how's yeah. that? It was perfect. It feels like summer. All this last month, it was just hot, constantly. Yeah, no, but the morning's just that little bit of a chill there. Uh, yeah, still. I'm up earlier than you are, mate. That's a very good point as well. <laughs> I'm still snuggled in. Scott, what have you got planned for us today? Oh, I thought we'd talk about uh, caterpillars on your clivias. We'll talk about varia rhododendrons, and of course, the uh, cyclamen. It's out and about right now, and you can have a nice colourful plant inside your house. Beautiful. Now, Scott, you're talking about indoor plants just before we went to the little break. Yes, I was. Yes. Yeah, well, they're actually not indoors, mate. I, that's why I had a pregnant pause there because I wonder what you're talking about. Oh, okay. About. Yeah. I misheard. Yes, I thought we'd talk about Varea rhododendrons. Right here. Yes, they're actually an outdoor plant. Oh, okay. But a lovely shade plant, a very, very nice tropical Could plant. Could you put them in the, inside the house? For a little bit, mate. Okay. Yeah, but for, Maybe a veranda job or... A very short period of time. <laughs> Uh, and after that, they'll start to go bad. But, you know, like a couple of days, I guess you could have them inside. But that's not where they're really meant to be. They're meant to right. be in the shade. They're a tropical rhododendron, most people call them. Uh, so rhododendrons are a, uh, a really beautiful uh, flowering plant that's closely related to the azalea. Uh, but they don't do very well up here in Newcastle where it's no. a bit too humid. So we've got these special tropical ones which come from uh, New Guinea, Indonesia and Malaysia. So they've got tropical credentials up there, right. so they're going to do pretty they've well. They've got some big tropical credentials up there. I've been to New Guinea and I know how hot and humid it is up there. <laughs> it's it's uh, actually nicer in the water up there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, it's about 30 degrees in the water up there. It's absolutely beautiful. Oh, and about 500 out. Yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. so it's much nicer in the water. But tropical rhododendrons, uh, they're a fantastic plant. Uh, they do very, very well in shady spots in your garden. Uh, look, the only thing, you can use them in pots as well if you want to, so you can move them around uh, as the year goes around and the sun moves around. Uh, the only thing they really need is good drainage and a very open potty mix. Uh, so you can add some pine bark to a normal potty mix. That'll open it up. Uh, and even a little bit of peat moss on the surface. Uh, look, they can, they'll do... Anything very, else? Yeah, they'll do very well in the garden as well. Um, there's good drainage. So that's if you've got good drainage, um, that's a fantastic thing for them. They don't uh, like acidity. They don't like um, uh, alkaline soil. Sorry, I'm getting all confused here today. They actually like slightly acidic soil. Uh, so uh, some cow manure feeding them with, or even a bit of uh, sulphur um, spread sprinkled around the area, that'll actually make it slightly acidic. And they'll do very, very well for you. A beautiful uh, flowering plant at this time of year. Oh, very good. Sounds an absolute delight. Alan from Rathmines. How are you, Alan? I'm oh, well, Scott. And you, you guys there? Yep. Okay, now, the, the post lady where I live tells me that I've got the best garden at Rathmines, because she, she knows. We're not going to argue with her, mate. Okay. Now, I, I've, it's amazing. I've been, it's a hobby for, you know, 40-odd years, and I've only just 12 months ago came up with, found Pentas, P-E-N-T-A-S. Yes. And they are such a magnificent plant, I cannot believe. But what I'd like to know is, what's the ideal position for those? Is it because uh, I've had some die? Is it full sun or semi sun, or what would you think? Yeah, I'd be planting them out in the in the full sun uh, down to if you could get them out of some of the afternoon sun, you know, after two o'clock or so, that's not going to hurt them at all. Yep. Uh, but yeah, pentas are a very tough plant. Uh, they're a, a, a sort of a, a really they've got a hairy sort of leaf on them, a very thick leaf uh, with beautiful. Um, how would you describe them? Like a big pom pom, pink, white. Oh, the flowers are magnificent. Flower. The flowers are magnificent. Yeah, it's a you big know, sort of cluster, isn't it? You can forget it? a lot of the other plants you put in. I've just put about uh, 30 pennies in at the moment. 
And, um, you know, well, within the last, say, six months or so, and I've probably lost about eight or nine, but um, maybe I've overwatered them as well. I don't know. Yeah, that, that might be the only thing you do to them. They're a pretty tough old plant. Uh, I guess, uh, I mean, do, you can prune them back quite hard as well. Have you been doing that to, to the mountain? Yeah, well, the first six I bought, I actually bought, I was up near Coffs Harbour a year ago, and I bought them from BW. I'd never oh. seen them before. Yep. And I should have bought them at your place, I know. Um, and, and then I, I pruned them back at the end of last year, and they, they're, they're about uh, 900 mil high. Yeah, so that, it, pruning yeah. them back will really thicken them up and increase the flowering on them. Yeah, but what I'd like the listeners to know is they're a magnificent plant. Yeah. They really, yeah, I know they're an old-fashioned plant, um, you know, but, but uh, I think these things come back into fashion again. Well, look, there's, there's nothing wrong with old-fashioned either. I mean, I'm looking at Greg's uh, shirt here today, and I'm... <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. That's and the, the printers, as you can probably explain, have these little, really, um, well, hundreds of small flowers on them, don't they? They do. And I guess yeah. it's to describe it as a cluster of flowers. And, and if you were mass planting them out in the garden, they would look absolutely spectacular. And if you've got that, that sunny spot uh, a little bit out of the shade, in the shade in the afternoon, I, they really make a very nice show. All right. One, one more thing. What I found was um, is some of them have two colours, so they must have two plants together sort of thing when they've used seeds or cuttings or something yeah, like that. that. That can often happen. Uh, they will actually yeah. just put a few different seeds in uh, and you'll get a diff- few different colours coming out of the pot. All right. Thank you for the information. Okay. Thank you, Appreciate Alan. It. Good okay, to talk bye. to you. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Alan. What's wrong with my shirt? Oh, it's, I guess it's very 70s, isn't it? It's, no, it's, it's sort of harkening back to almost a Parramatta shirt from 1978. How dare you? Unbelievable. Yeah. It's classic vintage. Okay. Okay. It's very in now. We've got Phil from Dudley, and he's got problems with fruit fly, Phil. Yeah, Scott, I just wondered the lifespan. Are they only around in the warmer months? Or? Yeah, that, that, that's the good thing about fruit fly. We don't have them here year-round. It's only during the warmer months. So once you get to uh, you know late August, September, uh, the fruit fly will start coming around. They're still around now. I had a little bugger come and land uh, in my house the other day. Um, he was in the wrong place because I soon got rid of him. Uh, but, yeah, look, once, once it starts to cool down, uh, they'll disappear for you. Yeah, fruit flies getting more and more prevalent. Uh, I remember in the old days, in the vintage days, when uh, you could, uh, you know, that uh, you could have your tomatoes, and it wasn't until they started to turn red uh, that you'd actually have to start trapping. But it seems now that even once the the fruit is set and it's hard and green with the tomato, the, the fruit fly will start to sting that as well. So they are becoming, uh, you know, a little bit more voracious, I think, than they used to be in the old days. Well, see, I've got a friend up up in Bay on the water grows tomatoes, not a problem, no fruit fly. Yeah, now I wonder why that is. Is he really close to the water or...? Yeah, uh, he's right on the beach, yep. Yeah, it might, might be the, the beautiful uh, tropical sea breezes up there blowing them away <laughs> or something, oh, yeah. Must but, be something. Well, I, I, anyway... I, I, I guess no, no, it might no. even work like that. If you are in a, a you know, in a more prote- protected garden, then, uh, you know, they are going to have more protection, so they're going to hang out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for that, Scott. Okay, thanks, Phil. Okay, bye-bye. Cheers. Pat from Valentine. Hello, Pat. How have you handled uh, daylight saving? Oh, yesterday seemed so such a long morning. It did. I, it... Could, I couldn't believe it. I kept thinking it was time to have morning tea, and then I eventually had it at 10 o'clock, and I normally have it at 11, so I was completely put out all day. We, had, we woke up this morning and had to, wake, to, to <laughs> wait for the coffee shop to open. It was, it was a shocker. 
I can imagine. <laughs> now, I'm just ringing up to tell you that I was wondering if I'm almost entitled to a, a world record because my guy, Mayor Lily, which has been here for probably in the front yard, probably, oh, maybe 30 years, yeah. it's putting up its second flower in all that time, very prolific. Anyway, the stem would have to be 20 feet tall at least, and I'm just waiting for the flower on the top. Now How that, do you like that? It's at least 20 feet. That's pretty tall. Now, Greg's going to convert that into uh, into uh, metric for us right about now. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. I forgot about that. Yes. I think it's a bit over six metres, isn't it? Well, uh, yes, it yeah. would be. Yeah, mm. so that's that's pretty tall. They're, uh, they are, um, yeah, they do get a very tall flower and they're a very, very spectacular plant and very easy to look after. Yes, but, I mean, well, I haven't done anything to it except rouse on it for not flowering very long. Now, the only th well, very often, I mean, goodness gracious, twice um, in about 30 years. Maybe that's why it's not flowering, because you keep on yelling at it. <laughs> yes, maybe. But anyway, I just thought there's very, there would be very few around in the suburban garden that tall. Yeah, that's true. That's fantastic. Now, that you remember there are natives, so you have to be careful about what you're fertilising them with. Uh, only a native fertiliser or blood and bone. Oh, I was told years ago to give it a, a hit, and I think after that it did actually give a flower, but I, it's... I don't know what's happened this time, but isn't that amazing? Yeah, but I do remember the the stem now. I could use it as a super-duper flagpole, so <laughs> who knows? Now, but if I just if, thought if you're I'll let at, you know. If you're out at Valentine, there's a few yachts out there. They might be looking for a mast as well later on in the year. <laughs> yes, okay, then radio. Okay. So if anyone else can beat that, well, well. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Thanks for that, Pat. Okay, thank you. Cheers. Bye. I have to get onto the good people at Guinness Records for that, I think. Yes. I'm not quite sure that would be in their book, though. Yeah, we should try it. Yeah, Pat should go for it. Six hmm. and a half metres, that's pretty good. Why not? Yeah, we'll see if anyone's got a taller one, though. Well, that's probably going to be the thing that's going to be keeping around the book. Yes. Really. It's a gardening talk back on to when you are FM. We've got Steve from Stockton about mango trees. How can we help um, you? Yeah, mate. Um, thanks for taking the call. I've got a, a quite a reasonable-sized mango tree. It's probably uh, four or five metres high and about the same wide. And last year we had a hell of a crop off it, and this year wasn't much. Not, I thought it might be an idea to give it a good prune. What do you do? What's the general thing with pruning things? Do you prune them after they just after they fruit, or do you wait until they start to come into seed? Or no, you you actually prune them after they're finished fruiting. Because if you prune them later on in the year, you're actually going to prune off all that uh, tissue and material that's going to turn into flower for you. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, so okay. it is the time to do it now that they've started to uh, you know they've they should have finished fruiting by now. You know, as it cools off, they yeah, won't ripen yeah, up yeah, too much yeah. anyway. Uh, yeah, so it is, it is the time to go and do that. You can be pretty he pretty yeah, heavy yeah, with a mango. Hardly a thing on it this year, and I think a lot of people had the same thing. But um, and what about fertilising? What's the general rule of thumb to fertilise things? Yeah, um, you can fertilise them now as well. Uh, obviously, yeah. in winter you don't do it because you just put put the fertiliser around and it just gets washed down through the soil because the the plants are you know fairly dormant then, so okay. they don't have the the wherewithal to suck up that nutrient and use it. Uh, and otherwise, you can do it again. Uh, you know, once you get to August, uh, you know, once you start to feel that turn in the year, that's when you can start to fertilise there again as well. Uh, right. You can certainly do it now and sort of boost it through winter and get it into that August time. Uh, you can prune your mango pretty heavy. I've seen them pruned uh, back very heavily. Yeah. And they'll, they'll I'll still shoot up and come back for you. Yeah, this thing needs a pretty fair sort of haircut. Another, just another little quick question. I, I bought about half a dozen climbing roses, just like the old type, just to, you know, they only got a little tiny flower on them. Mm -hmm. uh, with those water shoots they send out, 
Like normally they'll come from down underneath where they've been grafted, won't they? Yeah, they you can. Know, you'll see that little straight shoot. Well, these things are throwing them out everywhere. There's no, it, 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 it's more like a straight, just a straight shoot being shot out than what it is actually like a, what you would expect as a climbing rose. Yeah, you sort of have to put up with that with climbing roses. I've, yeah. I've, we prune a couple of climbing roses around town, and uh, yeah, yeah. there's uh, one down in uh, par- Corner Park and Beaumont Street we do uh, yeah. every couple of years, and it does the same thing as well. Once you prune it, it seems to almost throw up those water shoots like jacarandas and those sort of trees yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, unfortunately, there's not much you can do about it except just try and keep it pruned down. Yeah. Chop them off. Yeah, and try and get a, try and get a bit of shape back into it. But unfortunately, they do tend to send those vertical shoots up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there's more of them, I think, than what there is rose. Yeah, so yeah. just just give it a good old prune back. Uh, I know there's all sorts of old sort of wives' tales about rules of thumb when to prune climbing yeah. roses, but often they're so rampant, you just have to have a go at it. Okay, then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much yeah. for your help. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Bye bye. Shah from Charlestown. Hello. Shah, how can we how can we help you? Um, well, uh, we've got a, a very tall Madagascar palm. It's in a pot. It's probably about seven foot tall. Um, and it's split at the top, so it's got two little branches. It has flowered twice this year. Um, but we're, we're having to move and we can't take it with us. Mm-hmm. So we're wanting to know how we can go about cutting it. Like, when's the best time? Uh, look, probably not the best time now that we're going in winter, but yeah. you know, that said, if you're moving, you're just going to have to do it. They're pretty tough. You know, it's it's not going to be the most incredible problem uh, cutting it. Uh, the only thing, it won't shoot back as quickly. That That's what's really going to happen. It'll stay fairly dormant for you during winter. Yep, so just it would be better if we could do it in the warmer month. Yeah, so you just get your growth coming back quicker. So it would certainly be better to do that. But uh, that said, if you're moving house... Uh, yeah, it's just it's too big and too spiky to move. So yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. okay, that's all right. That's great. Thanks for okay. your help. Thanks, Sharp. Bye bye. Norris is gardening talk back on Two You Are FM and Scott caterpillars. You mentioned it earlier. Yes, I did. They're on a on uh, Clivias at the moment. Clivias. Yeah, they are all over Clivias at the moment. I was a bit nervous about saying that. I, I don't know why, but uh, some people say Clivias. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That that might get it out of the way for you. Potato potatoes. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, so yeah, Clivias uh, depends where you come from. If you're posh or not, I guess. If you say mm. Clivia, or you say Clivia. Very good. Yeah, uh, but the, the the caterpillar lily is all over them at the moment, like a rash, I'd have to say, uh, <laughs> uh, because these little caterpillar, caterpillars they get on there and they absolutely decimate them. They tear them apart and they'll do them overnight. People are bringing bringing them into work. Uh, you know, it's totally stripped. It's like uh, it's gone back to almost the exoskeleton, oh, okay, like so the Terminator Two. They're destroying them completely. They are. They're completely uh, destroying them. Uh, now, the botanical name for the uh, lily caterpillar is the Spodoptera picta. I just thought I'd get a bit of Latin in there for us today. It's quite impressive. It is, I know. I did Latin a little bit okay. back at school. I've forgotten it all, of course. Uh, the uh, It's a yellow, grey and black striped uh, little thing with sort of dots on its head. It gets about five centimetres long. Um when it's fully grown, so its size does not belie the damage it will do to your clivias. Yeah. yeah, it will do quite a lot of damage. Uh, and uh, the only way to really get rid of it, of course, is to spray because it will hide away uh, during the day and then uh, come out at night and chomp away on right. your clivias. Those little things do a lot of damage. They certainly do. They certainly do. So uh, to get rid of it, you really need to... There's a product called Dipel, uh, which will get rid of all caterpillars. It's a bio-insecticide, so it's quite safe to use. Uh, and uh, there's other things like uh, carbaryl, uh, malathion will do the job for you yep. as well. Yeah, so uh, just to, you really need to keep on top of that. If you're starting to see your clivias getting eaten away, yep. then uh, you really need quick. You really need to get on it quick. Yep. Fair enough. Are all caterpillars bad? 
oh, no, some caterpillars are sort of cute. Some have got, you know, eyes up the back when their head's really down the other end and things like that. Yeah. Well, the ones in the children's books are quite nice. They are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. The ones that sort of go roop, roop, roop like that. I always like them. You knew that again? Yeah, I can. If you can do your sprinkler sound effects for us, I'll do oh, more caterpillars. Let's just go to our next caller, okay. which is Shauna from North Arm Cove. Shauna, how can we help you? Hi. I have a very fast-growing acacia tree that has showed a one branch suddenly looked dead. And on closer examination, it looks like there's a grub in there. And yep. it's going where the branches join, and it's kind of oozy and yucky. Is there anything I can do to save it? Yeah, that, acacias are very, very prone to get... That's actually a borer that's in there. Uh, and it reminds me of an old um, quote from Blade Runner, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing with, the thing with acacias is they're very quick growing. And my Blade Runner quote is the star that uh, shines twice as bright burns twice as fast. Uh, yeah, lovely, and that's lovely. and that's what happens with acacias. They they shine very very bright. They grow very very quickly, but because of that, they're prone to getting cracks in their bark, and they'll get these arborers go in there and they'll do quite a lot of damage very quickly. So your usual acacia, its lifespan's probably only seven, eight, nine years, and that's about it. So they're a very good quick growing screening tree, but you have to you know ex- expect that after that time they're going to get a little bit poorly, and you're probably going to have to remove them. Now, if you can see, uh, Shauna, that where you're actually, you know, where those borers are getting in, you can get a uh, product called Insect and Mite Killer, and uh, you can get a syringe and actually inject or spray those and saturate down into those holes, and that will go in and actually kill the insect inside the plant. So you can only give that a try. The other way to get rid of it is to physically prune off that limb of the plant and uh, see how you go with that. Should I fertilize it and water it well now, or is it kind of too late? No, no, don't, don't, don't be worried about that. Uh, if you prune it off, you can certainly water it well. That can also, uh, you know, increase the flow of sap stream in the uh, plant, and it can drive the borer out. But it's one of those things where, you know, if it's quite bad, it really is best to try and, you know, physically prune it off or try and inject and, and, uh, and uh, get rid of the borer with an insecticide. Excellent. I think I'll try both. Okay, excellent. Good luck with it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and UrFM. If you have any questions for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call on 49 at 216216. We've got David from Burrigal, and David's got several questions about a, quite a number of plants, mm-hmm. it seems. How can we help you with your several questions and various plants, David? Morning, yes. Over the morning tea, this discussion came up. How do plants know what they've got to do? How do tomatoes know they've got to be tomatoes and a passion fruit of passion fruit and grass green instead of orange? Well, I, I don't know. That's that's probably a little bit beyond me. That's that's something we'd have to go into like the cellular structure and, oh, it's and philosophical, isn't yeah, it? Well, it is a bit philosophical as well in the DNA of the plant. Uh, but uh, I, I guess in in response to your question, plants know what to do at certain times of year because of climatic changes, and that's why you see uh, you know plants doing weird and wonderful things sometimes. You'll get a, a hot spell, and all of a sudden, the, you know, a certain plant will flower, thinking that it's spring when it's really not. And you know, we see camellias and things, uh, you know, starting to flower earlier and earlier. And so, you know, they can get a little bit confused by different changes in the climate. And you know, if uh, you know, climate change is real, and we're not going to weigh into that debate here today. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could appreciate all of that, but um, you know, how does the DNA? Where is that stored? And yeah, look, that that's all stored in the, in the cell of the plant, of course. But I'm I'm not that much of an expert, mate. We'd actually have to get like some sort of incredibly yeah. smart person. To- 
talk about it. <laughs> Someone clearly smarter than us yeah. together. <laughs> We've got big question marks over our heads at the moment. <laughs> Thanks very much. Anyway, oh. it was just uh, just an interesting thing that came up over uh, yeah over morning tea. Yeah, look, I, I, I thought I, I'd throw it up to the experts. I don't, look, I, I don't know. It's 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 you know sort of why is the next bloke good looking and I'm as ugly as sin? You know, it's all those sort of things. Yeah, yeah. I know, but you might have a better personality than him, so it all works. No, that's a good. Bit debatable. Come yeah. On. <laughs> thanks very much. Okay, thanks, David. Have a good day. You no too. worries, David. I love that. Well, that's a pretty stinging barb you gave me then about my personality. No, oh, well, I have to get it in there. Why I could you get on with me, all right? Don't you? Ah, oh, to some extent, for an hour or so. As soon as you walk out that door, it's a different story. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> It's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM 103.7. If you have any questions for Scott Sharp, give us a call on 49216 at 216. We've got Philip from Morissette. That's correct. How can we help you, Philip? I want to talk to Scott. He's here as well. Yeah, all right. Can I talk to him? You what? can. You're yeah. talking to him. <laughs> oh, sorry, Scott. That's all right, well, mate. <laughs> I thought I'd give you some information. I've got no problems with my garden. Yep. But um, Clivia's. The reason why some people call them Clivias is not for putting on any dog or anything. It's because they're named after Clive of India. Yes, and apparently... Who introduced spices to England. Apparently it was Lady Clive as well. Is that something I heard? No, I, I don't believe that. Robert okay. Clive, I think he was, a famous man, Clive of India, he brought all those spices like cumin and all those things to England. So that I guess those people who are calling their plant clive are a little bit close to the mark. Eh? Uh, yeah, I've always thought that, but um, I've, you yeah. know, if, if I was in Melbourne, I'd probably say clive a bit up here. <laughs> oh, but that's After sipping a latte. Yeah. <laughs> you might give me some information. That that rhododendron was that a varia? Yes, that's a varia, a tropical rhododendron. There's lots yeah, and lots of I've different seen varieties. Them. You get unusual colours like oranges too. Yeah, and yellows as well. They are a very, very spectacular plant. Yeah. You've got the right Where can I get one? Uh, well, look, we've got them for sale, but most good garden centres should have them as well at this time Why? of year. Why garden centre oh, perhaps? No doubt they would have them down there. Oh, I a, could order one. They're an I? excellent garden centre down there at Y.E. Yeah, the, that colour is unusual in rhododendrons, which, of course, as alias are too, aren't they? Yes, that's correct, yeah. But uh, they're mostly pinks and whites. and So I, I think I might uh, get buy myself one, eh? Your perfect choice. They really are they very They like not... a bit of shade, Scott? They certainly do. So if you get them in the uh, morning sun, then afternoon shade, they'll do very well. Some of the flowers you can get, you know, they've got almost like a peach uh, colour. Lovely, uh, yeah, lovely. Yeah, very, very nice flower. And on a there. tubular sort of thing, a cluster of tubular, some of them are, Yeah, th they? that's correct. Uh, they remind me a little bit of alamander flowers or, you know, mandevilla yeah. flowers. Yeah, they but, do, don't they? Yeah, but very, very attractive. Yeah. All right, well, thanks, Scott. Okay, thanks for that, Philip. Bye now. Cheers. It's Guarding Talk back on 2NURAD FM. Geez, we've had some great calls today. We have. It's, it's great to have people bring up with information for us too. It's like we've heard well, history of India. Yep. And we've had a bit philosophical as well, a bit of Renee Descartes. Yes, because we were a little bit... Thoughts of a, on... Well, I mean, we were points. vacant blocks of land there at some point oh, in time. Yeah. That was almost a tumbleweed ran through yeah. once. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Marie. Yes. How can we help you? Uh, Scott, I wanted to ask you about a port wine. Oh, yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> Greg's ears have pricked up then. <laughs> I know, so I want to drink. <laughs> uh, I I thought I heard on this about a couple of months back. I know they're slow growing, and I want that there was one out now that was fairly fast growing. Yeah. So the, um, the plan. I just wanted to know if it's a special name. I go and ask for at the nursery because I know I've got one in, and I want to put another one in, and I want a fast growing one, but not a large, not the. One that grows large. 
Yeah, so the plant we're talking about is a port wine magnolia, and yeah. it, it smells yeah. absolutely stunning at night when those little, little white flowers. Yeah, nice when they come out, mm. and, and it can be hedged very well. Uh, I guess the only problem with it is it can get uh, louse scale on it. Uh, look, there's a whole. There actually, it's a member of the Michelia family, and there are a whole lot of different Michelias that have come out now, and they are all uh, a little bit quicker growing than the port wine magnolia. So um, there's Michelia bubbles. Look, there's a whole slew of them. Uh, if you go into your local garden centre and just say, look, I want a fast-growing Michelia, uh, they should be able to help you out with that. Michelia, oh, yeah. that's it. Yeah, okay. I just thought I could go in and they could tell me anything. I know what no, no. <laughs> I, could, I could tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I wanted to grow up to sort of a bit of privacy along the fence there where I've had to take a mandarin tree out. Yeah, Michelias so, will do very well for you as, as that, and you can actually hedge them quite well. Port wine magnolia they works. they the same as the port wine, do they? The little white flower and the nice green leaf? Very, very similar. They're probably not as tight as port wine magnolia in the, in the leaf structure, but uh, yeah, yeah. they are a very nice plant. But it will grow quicker. It certainly will. Okay, thank you very much for your help. Okay, thank you, Murray. Bye. Bye-bye. How do I get the name port wine? Uh, I think that's the smell of them. Oh, okay. So yeah. they do generally smell a bit like... Oh, it's a very rich, heady sort of smell. Languid smell almost. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's very, yeah, very perfumed at night. Might forget a couple. Yep. You can't do anything else though, can you? No, no. I, port, well, I guess it smells a little bit like port wine. Yeah. Not that I drink that too often. No. no. Right. Okay. Let's move on. We've got a June from Medford. How can we help you, June? Oh, hi, Scott. Um, I was listening to you earlier about the uh, mango trees, and I have a lovely big one too, but it's getting very big and getting very close to the house, and the dip line worries me about the roots coming into the house more, and it needs pruning, but I don't want to destroy the lovely shade that it throws, so I didn't know whether to cut it out by shape, like you do with certain other fruit trees, or take the outside limbs off. What's your advice, please? No, with mangoes, they seem to come back very, very well, and they're actually a very nice tree to prune. It's a, almost a very soft wood, and when you cut it, it, it almost smells like mango as well, so it's actually a very pleasant job to do. Uh, I, I would just shape the tree from the sort of the outside down, and you'll find it will come back you know, quite well. We, we've been doing a, a lady's uh, mango over in uh, Mayfield uh, East for quite some time, and uh, it uh, does, you know, we just shape it from the top down, and it, it looks it comes back very, very nicely. What, to the original size? Yeah. Oh, I yes. I want to try and curb that a little bit. Yeah, no, so what we've, the, the ladies' trees, when we originally went to her house, they were quite large and we cut, cut it down so it was, uh, you know, almost just a little bit over fence height, I guess, probably two or three metres tall. And, okay. uh, we, and we've since kept them at that height and also so they don't overhang the neighbour's yard. She's got them plant, planted right along the fence, uh, so they make quite a nice quick-growing quick uh, screening tree as well. Yes. Oh, yes, our tree's beautiful. <laughs> All right, well, that's great. Thanks very much. Okay, right. now, you, uh, Medford, you should be okay up there. Uh, the only thing I wouldn't do is, you know, sort of do it in the middle of winter because if you get any new growth coming on, then it might burn away if it got a little bit cool, cool for you. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you, we'll June. We'll be under it soon. Thank okay. you. Excellent, thanks. Bye now. Bye. talk back on 2NURFM. We've got Robin from Toronto about yellow desert pea plants. Well, it's a shrub. It's growing along, along the sides of the road. I've got them in, growing in the garden too. It just comes up all the time. Like the yellow pea flower on it? I'm thinking it might be Coreopsis. That seems to be a yellow flower that that springs up by the roadside quite a lot. You can actually buy Coreopsis as well to plant. 
Oh, you mean the flowers? The yes. Tall flag. Yes. No, no, that's not the one. It's oh. like a shrub. It just comes up on the stick and it's got all those yellow flowers on. It's growing on the sides of the road. Yes. Look, I'm I'm not sure about that one. I'm I'm sorry, Robin. Uh, yeah, like the the one I see mostly is the, is the Coreopsis, But if it's not that, uh, no, even I if know you, that. yeah, even if you take a quick photo of it and send it in to us, we could uh, ID it then. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't ID that for you okay. at the moment. All right. Okay. Okay. Then. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. So, bye. Bye. I haven't been out of Toronto for ages. Well, okay. Yeah. We we'll have to do a whip around and yeah. My in-laws used to live out there. Okay. Out at Wanji. But uh, you haven't been out to Toronto. Oh, I haven't been out there in probably twenty years. Maybe we should do a, like an OB or something. Mm, or a road a, trip. Yeah, road trip. We'll have a little excursion out to Toronto. Um, yeah. Take samples back and yeah, yeah, and take them back to our lab. Yeah, if we had a lab, <laughs> we do. <laughs> Some sort our... of gardening crime lab. <laughs> our lair. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a little bit too eerie. We've yeah. got Peter from uh, Coal Points. Oh, we, we're going out to West Lakes at the moment, aren't we? How can we help you, Peter? Um, I've got a row of azaleas. Uh, they're fairly old. They're probably about um, oh, 600 high. Um, but I've also lost quite a few, so I'm replacing replacing them with new ones at about 160 high. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how much I can, if I can cut them back at this time of year and how much I can cut the old ones back. Yeah, azaleas are probably, you know, they should be getting ready to almost flower at the moment. Yeah, I know the, some, yeah, so yeah they are. So you have to be careful about doing that at this time of year. Right. And then azaleas can be a really touchy thing. If you go and prune them back too hard, uh, they just sort of get all stunted and, and weird and uh, they don't do very well and yeah. they can in fact die. So I, I would suggest with azaleas, you know, you're only pruning off, you know, a third, a quarter to a third of the plant at any one time right. and let it fill back out then. And then if you're going to give it a prune back, you do it. But certainly not a very, very hard cut back. I made the mistake of doing it uh, once for a lady. She wanted them cut back hard. Uh, yeah. She insisted. And I did it, and uh, we went back, uh, you know, six or eight weeks later, and they just had all this weird, stunted growth on them, and they didn't do very well. So I'd uh, I'd be careful about pruning your azaleas back too hard. All right, uh, and I've also got the the golden leaf on them now. Um, oh, so you mean you've actually you've got azalea lace bug or lace. or red spider on there? So you something have, on there. Yeah. yeah. So you have to use either confidor or insect and mite killer, right. uh, and that's a systemic spray, and it is absorbed in, and it gets rid of those pests for you. I don't want the new azaleas to um, to get the, the disease. So. Yeah, look, and the trouble with it is, uh, Peter, once it's uh, been affected by that, it actually won't come back. So it's almost worth sort of pruning that out and then spraying preventatively to keep it under control. Mm, all right. Okay, thanks, okay. Scott. Okay, thank okay. you, Peter. Bye. Cheers. No worries, Peter. is guarding talk back on 2 FM. Scott, nearly out of time, but you've got a couple more plants you want to run us through before you... Head out the door? Yes, it's cyclamen time now. As it starts to cool down, that humidity sort of goes away. Uh, you can get cyclamen now in your garden centres. Okay. Uh, fantastic plant to have indoors with lots and lots of colour. Uh, cyclamens are an interesting uh, little old plant. Uh, they're actually, they're, people think they're a bit touchy, but they're actually not. Uh, okay. I've got, actually, I've got a, a, a Facebook video on our Facebook oh. site at, uh, at the nursery at the moment. I'm okay. very proud of it. Okay. My production values are very high. And for those who don't know what your Facebook page is? Sharp City Gardener. That's it. That's it, yeah, at Facebook, yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty clever. Yeah, it is. We like to keep it simple <laughs> in there. But, uh, yeah, um, cyclamen, a very, very um, easy plant to look after if you t- treat them right. A bit like our girlfriends, I should think, Greg. Yes. Yes. But, uh, look, these guys are native to uh, rocky hillsides, shrubland and uh, woodlands. Uh, They come from uh, central Turkey, Israel and Jordan, Algeria and Tunisia. They reckon they uh, were imported uh, to the Greek islands and uh, Crete. 
Crete. Be it by yes. the monks, but they're uh, they're actually a little sort of a tuber, and they'll die back in summer, but they'll certainly come back in winter. And we've, uh, you know, all the garden centres have got them at the moment, uh, so they're really great plant to have indoors. And we'll talk about them in more depth. Okay, at another time. That was the indoor plant I would have been thinking of earlier. Ah, so you've learned something after all this yeah. time. Yes, maybe I have. Aha! Or I'm pretending to. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Scott. Will I see you again next week? Oh, I hope so. Very good. Guarding talk back on Tuny Wire FM.